Hi, it's Radhika Jones, Editor-in-Chief of Vanity Fair. As we gear up for award season, there's no better time to join us. By becoming a Vanity Fair subscriber, you'll gain exclusive access to our in-depth coverage of film, television, and the best of Hollywood. And that's just the beginning. Vanity Fair takes you inside the worlds of entertainment, culture, politics, and scandal, bringing you iconic images, era-defining stories, and much more. Get 15% off a year of digital access to Vanity Fair by visiting VanityFair.com and using promo code POD15 at checkout. That's VanityFair.com, promo code POD15, for 15% off a full year of insights and exclusive digital access. Subscribe now. Hello and welcome to Little Gold Men, the award season podcast from Vanity Fair. It's such an honor to present this next award. And here are the nominees. And the Oscar goes to... And the Oscar goes to... And I can't deny the fact that you like me right now. You like me. I'm the king of the world. There's a mistake. Moonlight, you guys won Best Picture. I am Katie Rich, and I'm here for today's interview episode with Rebecca Ford. Hi. Rebecca, we're here to introduce someone who really needs no introduction, particularly after the year that she's had. Michelle Yeoh is the star of Everything Everywhere All at Once, a genuine word-of-mouth sensation. Um, But she's an icon. She was an icon before this movie. She will continue to be afterwards. Um, And we've talked about her and this movie a lot over the year on Little Gold Men. Um, But what did you learn new about Michelle Yeoh getting to actually sit down and talk to her? She is really everything I hoped she would be. She's just such a positive force. You know, even when I was asking her things about hurdles she's experienced or films that, you know, got away, she just had such a positive spin on everything. And I really think that's probably helped sustain her career and make it what it was, Mm -hmm. what it is. Yeah. What kind of hurdles did she get into? I mean, you know, we I asked about the fact that there's only been one Best Actress Oscar winner, um, you know, who was a woman of color in the the long history of this award. And obviously yeah. that's the category she's going for this year. And, you know, she sighed, but then, you know, she was always able to say, you know, sometimes films have been released and it's just not the right time. And, and she feels that everything everywhere is so successful because it's coming out in this time when... Uh, you know, people are ready to go back to theaters and and experience this in sort of that group setting. And and Hollywood has become more open to sort of diverse storytelling. So she just has a really like sort of long view and perspective on things that I think made our conversation really interesting. Yeah. I mean, I would argue a big part of the movie's success also uh, has been her and her star power. You know, it's this huge, ambitious film that's exciting for a lot of reasons, but it is such a gigantic movie star performance that she's giving in that film, which you know she hasn't gotten the chance to do enough of. Um, And it makes it so fun to talk about her and talk about the movie because of what an arrival it is for someone who, like you said, has had a long career and has perspective on it, but gets to flex totally new muscles. Yeah, I think we've all been waiting for this um, moment for her. So it's so exciting to see it happening. Yeah. Well, let's hear your conversation with Michelle Yeoh. I'm so excited to have you join us today to talk a little bit about everything everywhere all at once and lots of other things. Thank you for doing this. Always happy to talk about everything everywhere all at once. 
everyone I talk to who sees this film just has such an, a wonderful viewing experience of it. It's just such a unique story and it's so well told. But I'm curious what it was like for you the very first time you saw the first completed film. Oh, my God. I think the first time I saw it with an audience, mm-hmm. I think that's the only way to, to watch this movie was in South by Southwest. It was overwhelming. It was like, you know, when you hear people laugh and you go, oh, my God, I'm actually funny. <laughs> so it was, it was so thrilling that everyone was reacting and feeling all these emotions that we were trying to drag them through, you know, because it's like a five genres of film in one. And at the same time, everybody was so invested with this ordinary family. Mm-hmm. Who be, and, you know, she manages to be a superhero at some point. Yeah. It's just the film takes so many risks and pulls them all off, which I think just makes it such an astounding experience. And I'm I'm curious for you, was there a scene or some sort of part of the story that you thought was maybe the biggest risk for the audience to, <laughs> to accept? Taking on the film was like a risk. <laughs> right. Because, you know, it was something so wild and wonderful and wacky on paper when you read it you go hmm I think the Daniels are certifiably insane and I'm also in if they're not I'm also in for a heck of a crazy ride because you know how when you you get scripts and before the week or the two weeks and you start filming all these notes and color changes and by the end of it your whole script would have had like seven different colors because it's gone through so many corrections. But we, we, they were, we were pretty true to the script. The only codes that I had was like, because I tag all, all the, the scenes that my character appears in. And I found out at the end of the day, literally, because I appear in every single scene, and some of the scenes were literally like two lines, you know, when it jumps from one universe to the other universe and doing this and doing that, that I literally tagged my, my entire script in so many, because there were at least five different codes, because it was science fiction scene, it was like a the action scene, then it was like the comedy, the drama, and the... So it was like color-coded to help me understand the whole process. Um, But I think in general, what was the the biggest risk? It's very easy. On on paper, it says, okay, now uh, Evelyn is facing her and she has to multiverse jump. And the only way, you know, and they give you all the different options. It's like paper cut, paper cut. Okay. And then hers was, you have to tell Deirdre, I love you. And you're like, you got to be insane. I mean, I thought that and I was like, so how many different ways can you say I love you? So the Daniels are very cool. They're like, uh-huh, so show us. <laughs> so every day was like a test. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I just like, you know, I guess my 40 years of experience was like a long rehearsal for this movie. Oh, that's an interesting way to see it because it is it is like 50 movies in one this one because you were so much was demanded of you. Mm-hmm. It was. It really was. It was and it was in such a way that you understood but you were not clear, which what it helped tremendously as the character goes on because she is so confused and trying to understand but 
cannot fathom. And then, of course, when you suddenly are confronted with butt plugs and hot dog fingers, it's, it's like, I haven't even got made sense of this. How am I going to make sense of that? But, you know, when you have amazing collaborators like Jamie Lee Curtis, Kike Kwan, and Stephanie Hsu, and, you know, James Hong, especially that let loose Everybody was so invested in it. We looked at each other, we looked at each other in the eyes and went like, let's just go for it. And we charged at each other with a hot dog fingers. <laughs> at the end of the day, all that was real emotions. Mm-hmm. And I think that came across most well. Yeah. I think also the the personal touches that I've heard a lot of it's from Daniel Kwan's own upbringing. You know, my mom is Chinese and I always gave her a hard time about mixing up he and she when she would speak yep. English. And <laughs> to see that in a film, I was just like, oh, my God, I never thought I would see that sort of detail from my own experience in a movie. Yeah. And I'm I'm curious for you, were there things you talked to them about to help bring in to Evelyn um, from your own experiences that you sort of helped uh, shape her? I think in general, it's not my own experience, but, you know, we all have that with our mothers, Mm -hmm. irregardless of what culture you come from. You know, the mother's always telling you what to do. I mean, even now when I go back, the first thing she'll say is, oh, why is your hair so long? Why didn't you cut it? It's like, oh, nice to see you too, mom. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But we've we've grown up with that. And, you know, we take it in our stride. But I think what happened here most clearly was like the generational gap between this generation and the previous generation is much wider than we have we can imagine because if you think about it these young kids they're, they're, they look at their parents especially their moms and say well you have to stop telling me what to do you can't even handle your iphone or your mm-hmm. ipad or you know you don't even know how to use all this you don't even know how to google right and their life their understanding the, the way they take in information is so fast and furious and so they get very confused when you try to tell me what to do <laughs> Yeah. So, you know, then it becomes wider and wider. But I think how we addressed it in, in this movie at the end is like, yes, I know I'm trying to tell you. And yes, you know, you might not agree with me, but what I hope you know is that I am trying. I might not be able to be perfect in the way that I can tell you or show you, but just know that I am trying and I will always want to be there for you. And I think that message was heard from both sides. It's like we have to step back and say, we, we want to be there for each other. We just don't know how to express it yet, but let's not give up on each other. I'm curious for you with this role, was it the kind of thing where you would finish shooting for a day and you could shake it off and be Michelle Yeoh in the evening? Or was this something you just kind of carried with you through the shoot uh, <laughs> for the whole um, time? No. When I finish, when I step off a set, then I'm, I am Michelle Yeoh. Yeah. You know, when I, the hair comes off, the makeup comes off. The, the You have to be able to differentiate because Evelyn Wong is Evelyn Wong a woman who deserves to have her story heard. And I can't, I don't like to cross over. I like to keep them separate. I like to, yes, there are experiences that I've had in my life. um, And more important is like what I see day to day, which is around me. And that's where the the inspiration of how I create, it's Evelyn Wong's uh, 
creation came about. And once I go into there, it is about Evelyn Wong and not Michelle Yeoh trying to be somebody else. And when I'm done, it's like straight out, glass of wine and chill. (laughs) (laughs) Glass of wine and chill. (laughs) Yeah. And I I notice you've been everywhere with this film lately. You're at Toronto. I I know there's a lot of uh, Q&As with the cast going on Mm -hmm. right now. And what's been sort of the highlight of the the sort of promotional part of this experience for you? I hope that it will continue to be like this because, you know, we love our film so much and we love our, we really love each other. (laughs) It's like with Jamie, with Stephanie, with, you know, we are family with Key and the Daniels, you know, it's, I don't know how to explain it, but, you know, we get such a high from being with each other. And it was always like that, even when we were making the movie, I think what happened was like the Daniels did help us all create this bond. We started off the day, the you know, every day with a bonding session with cast and crew. Everyone had to come out. Everyone had to be, you know, part of it so that we all understood we are doing this together. And because of that, that sentiment, that feeling has stayed with us. We are the EEAO family. So when we are together, we, you know, it's, it's like family. You know, we bicker, we yell at each other, then we throw things at each other, and then, you know, then we hug. <laughs> what would these bonding sessions be? Is just to start the day? Oh, no, we ch- exercise. Like, everybody takes turn. You know, at first, uh, the Daniels will start off, you know, with, uh, okay, this is how we do it. We, whether it's uh, exercise, whether it's a dance, whether it's that. Mine was the dragon wave. So <laughs> it's like, it's just to be together. And see each other, because afterwards everybody disappears back into their own department, and yeah. sometimes you don't see them for a while. But every morning we are there for each other, and so uh, and it, it it was it helped. And it I think what happened was uh, Key and myself, because you know we come from Hong Kong, and we know how we we celebrate a start of a movie, so we. Coerced. <laughs> we convinced Jonathan Wong, our producer, and um, the Daniels. We have to have a ceremony that kicks off. You know that we we offer offerings to the heavens to bless mm. us. I think it worked. <laughs> I think it worked. It definitely <laughs> seems now every film out there is going to be doing that. <laughs> um, and I wanted to sort of talk about your career in general, because I feel like I'm reading about you in the news every day now. You've, you've, you've landed a couple of big projects. You've got the Transformers movie and Kenneth Branagh's uh, next film, which I you know you're attached to, and American Born Chinese is, co- is a television show that's coming right. out. And I'm so I'm curious what you... What makes you say yes these days? What, what draws you to a project um, at this point? Uh, it has to be something that I'm convinced of, because, you know, it's when I choose to say yes, it takes me away from the people I love, from my family. So they have to have something that I really want to be part of. Um, a lot of the times it's the director because, you know, they are the, the, the ones with the vision. A script could be amazing, but if you don't have a visionary, it's just words on, a pe- on paper uh, but, or vice versa. You know, sometimes you read a script and you go, nah. But then, you know, it's an amazing director and they tell you, they talk to you and they tell you how they are going, they need to work on it and how together you can make it 
what he's dreaming of. So that's how I saying no is actually very is most difficult. And oh, I, really? Yeah. Sometimes you know this. Uh, I mean, I've had to do it, and I, it pains me because I really, really want to work with this amazing actress, and but you know that I will not be able to carry out that character she wants me to play in that way because you know you have to know yourself it's like there are certain things where you when you go this is way too depressing for me I don't think I'll be able to handle this because you it's I'm not a method actor per se but I do need to be and understand and create this character and feel that so that when you walk in it you feel the pain and the hardship it's like Evelyn Wong you know it's like the way she looks the you know with the I worked with Anissa and Michelle Chong my my makeup and hair is like we need gray we need you know you need to see that she has no time because the first impression you have of her is like this woman is weighed down by responsibilities you know and uh, okay she ties her hair back and she shuffles forwards because she's she needs to get somewhere um, and the way the clothes she wears it's like she's on a shoe string budget. Right? You have to take all those things into consideration. How I walk, how I present. You have to put the character together because then only her voice will be heard. Because then only will you see her for who she is and how she, she, she needs to be seen as well. And I, I feel like when I look back on your career, it feels like there's nothing you can't do. But I'm curious if there is anything you haven't gotten to do yet that you'd love to do, whether that's a certain type of character or a genre yeah, or project. Or... I'd love to do a musical. I haven't done a musical. Not that I can sing. <laughs> <laughs> that might be a small hurdle you'd have to get over. Oh, well, because uh, I'd love to be a rock star, but, you know, mm-hmm. um, I hope, I think I, that's what I've worked very hard is not to play the same character, even with period movies and whatever. I haven't done that many. I only choose to do a couple so that I, I, I would like to keep it fresh and so that my audience is not quite sure and what to expect and I give them something else to see. But regardless, it's like, because for me, cinema is magic. I want to be able to transport you together with me to a fantasy, to somewhere where you can feel or you can laugh or you can cry, and, but just have the, the, the magical emotions of sitting in the dark and taking it all in. Yeah, I, I read this quote you recently said that was sort of about determination when you thought you couldn't do something or if someone else told you you couldn't do something, and it said, I'm like a pit bull. I'm going to defeat you. I'm just going to find a way and work until I get over it. Then I'm so curious where this like level of determination and confidence comes from. Have you always been like that? Or is it something that sort of developed over your career? Or were you a toddler who also felt this way? <laughs> no, I think it's, it's definitely something that you learn. You know, I think I've been very blessed in the sense that I have parents who have always encouraged us to be who we are. Because, yes, you know, Chinese parents can be very tough. It's like, you know, you want to what? You want to. But fortunately, having, I, I, my dream was to have a ballet school. And that was very stable, you know, for a girl. It's fine. She can do that. Um, I was wondering what they thought when I said I was going to go to Hong Kong and, you know, have a career in acting. Because at that time, it was like, wow, 
because it wasn't something that was so popular in Malaysia to start off with. In Hong Kong, yes, but even then. Uh, but my dad had always had that attitude. It's like, this is your life. You are going to choose what you want to do because not down the road, you're going to turn around and I did that because you told me to do it. He's like, no, 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 no. You have to be responsible. If this is what you want to do, then you have to go and try make the best of it. But I think what it gave me the confidence was to know that if it didn't work out, they would be there. Right. Right. And it's like, but if you don't even take a risk or try, you never know if you can do something. But why I say I'm like a pit bull is like once I've committed to doing something, then I refuse to let go of it until I get it right. <laughs> and and I'm curious when you look back on your career, is there a a project that got away, a, the one that got away, a, a role you wish you could have done, whether it was a scheduling issue or a casting? Oh, yes, that was. <laughs> You want to tell me about it? Well, we're not going to talk about that because they already went away. Right. And then other things came along. So that's good. <laughs> that's the balance in life. It's like, don't live in regret. Don't live in what if I should. Uh, mm, uh. Yeah, well, at that time, you know, there was a reason why you chose, why it was chosen, you know, and um, you just have to move forward and move on and go, I will try and find something else that I will love. And have fun doing. Yeah. And then uh, I found everything everywhere all at once. Right. Right. You are proof that that, that works. <laughs> yeah. Um, so many years. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I'm curious if, if there's any advice you were given, whether earlier in your career, that has stuck with you when it comes to your acting career. I think it's like not just in the past at the beginning, but also today, not quite recently, is the ability and understanding when you can and how to say no. Mm, that yeah. you have the right to say no. So that was, that was, at that time, I think probably you didn't understand it as well. Because, you know, saying yes is very easy. How do you say no is, is much more difficult. Yeah. And so that's always been good advice. I think you've broken down so many barriers in your own career, but I, I'm always thinking about how the Oscar Best Actress races only had one woman of color win ever, which was Halle Berry. And and I'm curious how you take in those sorts of barriers that do sort of still exist in Hollywood. You know, it's like a sigh. It's like... <sighs> <laughs> it's an actual sigh. <laughs> yeah. It is. It is. Uh, but, you know, I think the, the, the most important thing is not giving up. Yeah. Took me a long time. Took me like over 40 years, almost 40 years to get here. But but it's not just here. I mean, when you look at your career, you have so many standout moments. It's not, uh, you know what I mean? I think there's right. so many beautiful highlights in your performance. I, I think what it is, is like when you set out to make a movie, that's not how you you, you begin going. We're doing this yeah. for that, Yeah. right? When you make a movie, I mean, first of all, it's like nobody wants to make a movie that's not going to be successful. That already <laughs> is an achievement on its own. Right. So when you focus on being a good storyteller and telling it with sincerity and, you know, and then there's luck that comes along. Mm -hmm. There's, you know, the stars aligning. For Sometimes, you know, you do an amazing movie, but, and then someone will say, well, it's way years ahead of its time. Right. You know, it's like, it's, are people ready for it? 
maybe also the timing of everything everywhere, you know, after the pandemic, it was just dealing with all the things that we've been dealing with the last few years, the tragic moments, you know, the, the, the despair, the desperation, the loss of human contact with friends and family. And then suddenly we were all together in the dark space where why we make movies and suddenly there was laughter. That was the, 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 the beauty of the shared experience and it was okay to laugh and cry and everybody was hugging each other. So, yeah, yeah. I, I think, think we, we are blessed. Mm -hmm. I, I'm sure it's that Chinese ceremony that we did right at the beginning of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> um, and you've talked quite a bit about how important it is to be working with a, a director that's a visionary. And, and I know you, you've got a project coming out pretty soon um, with James Cameron, speaking of visionaries. <laughs> I would do anything for James Cameron. Come on. <laughs> My God, I'd be his tea lady. <laughs> and and uh, yeah, so Avatar 2 is finally coming out. And I, I'm curious... It's worth waiting for. Yeah, I know you can't say worth waiting. It's amazing. Oh my God! It's just like the the worlds that he has created, that imagination, that creativity, that you know. I mean, it's even though you know that they're avatars, but it's. I think it's the same with everything, everywhere, all at once. When you walk into the uh, the hot dog universe, and it's so absurd. You know, there's Jamie Lee with her hot dog fingers and, and hobbling along with her foot, dragging her, her, her hand carry out the door. But you don't laugh at it anymore because you feel the pain right. of these, these, these creatures who are not of our universe. I mean, even like the rocks, it's the same with Avatar. It's like he's created this beautiful world, but you are so connected emotionally mm. with this magical kingdom which you know it doesn't exist, but it does in your imagination and you want it to exist because it deals with so many, so many issues yeah. that we deal with in this world. Right. So I think, I think everybody's in for a really beautiful ride. Um, and we're almost out of time, but I, I wanted to wrap it up with sort of a, a big question. I, I think... You know, as we've been, as I've been saying, uh, you've you've done so much and 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 so much powerful work, and also breaking down barriers. But I'm curious, what do you hope your legacy is? If you had to think about, <laughs> oh my God, my legacy. <laughs> uh, that sounds. Uh, uh, I've never. No, I think what is important for me is that I have given the opportunity to inspire because I re truly believe that we all have to work together, not just making beautiful stories, but the way we can help each other protect our planet, to move forward, to fight with each other, fight for each other, whether it's gender equality, and there are so many things that we need to deal with. And I think that's what I hope, that is like, I will be remembered, not just for some of the most amazing movies that have been made, but also that what we, we have been able to do together, collectively, for each other. That does it for today's show. We'll be back on Thursday with our regular roundtable conversation. In the meantime, find us on Twitter at HWD. Find me at Katie Rich and Rebecca. Rebecca M. Ford. And remember, you can also email us now, littlegoldmen at vf.com. We would love to hear your questions and theories and anything else that's on your mind. Our editor and producer, as always, is Brett Fuchs. 